So if you guys have any questions whatsoever about keto or intermittent fasting, whether you're starting keto as a new person or just need to debug your program, or you have a question about a product, call one of our keto consultants. They'll be able to help you. Call 540-299-1557. That's 540-299-1557. Did you realize that an average person consumes only 1.4 cups of vegetables per day? That's right, you heard me, only 1.4 cups. We're supposed to consume at least seven to get our daily minerals and vitamins. Vegetables also supply phytonutrients as well as beta carotene and thousands of plant-based chemicals that give us many added health benefits. To fulfill this missing requirement, Dr. Berg has developed Veggie Solution. Veggie Solution is a high quality greens powder that allows you to easily get your recommended amount of greens every single day. Just two delicious scoops gives you an equivalent of six cups of greens at only 69 cents per scoop. That's less than a dollar for six cups of greens. Dr. Berg's Veggie Solution is a complete protein, highly digestible, low carb, keto-friendly, with tons of omega-3s and absolutely no sugar. Dr. Berg feels it's important that everyone gets their vegetables and made this product cost-effective too. Veggie Solution comes in original and in a raspberry lemon flavor. Go to shop.drberg.com to get yours today. Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. Welcome, everyone. Uh, we have another amazing speaker today, Dr. Sophia Clemens from Hungary. And she's a neurobiologist, the director of the International Center for Medical Nutritional Intervention. So welcome, doctor. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And uh, first of all, I want to know exactly what is a neurobiologist and in addition to that, how did you get involved in what you're doing right now? Did you have a personal health problem that led you into this? Or how did you get so involved in what you're doing? Um, so it's a long story back to 10 years. Okay. <laughs> so the long story short, uh, yes, originally I am a biologist. Um, and uh, specifically, uh, I'm a neuroscientist. Uh, but I have always been working in a clinical setting, um, actually in top institutes in Hungary for neurology, epilepsy, psychiatry. So th this was the this was my environment. But I was always um, mostly include uh, involved in in doing research work in clinical settings in patients, um, and and that involved. Um, analyzing um, brain activity, brain electrical activity um, in epilepsy patients, uh, sleep and how this relates to uh, memory processes, sleep-related memory consolidation, for example. So I, I've been around this um, topic for several years. Mm. And then I, I started um, some research about vitamin D specifically, Actually, I was involved in the study uh, that was the first of its kind um, 
giving vitamin D3 to epilepsy patients who had uncontrolled seizures uh, before and also had low vitamin D levels. And we looked at how um, normalizing vitamin D level uh, changes um, seizures, epileptic seizures. So, so, so this was the, the first step uh, towards doing, uh, towards the, the nutritional field. And then I became involved in other aspects like uh, brain structure related to vitamin D, personality traits related to vitamin D, and, wow. and there were many more around the vitamin D. And then I stepped forward <laughs> and um, I, I became interested in, in nutrition as a whole. And wow. um, I know that there is, there is a um, lot of interest around um, vitamins, Mm, specifically like vitamin D, um, but, but I had to realize that the nutritional context as a whole is, is much more important than single nutrients, single vitamins, for example. Well, that's one of the reasons why I brought you on because you're in clinical practice, which is a huge difference between someone just doing research in a lab and never had any experience. They just graduated in their PhD and then they They've never worked with actual patients. So until yes. you do that, you really have not applied these, uh, these ideas. So yeah, that, that's a huge, makes a huge difference because yeah. there are a lot of material around on the internet and it is very easy to, to set up uh, theories and own ideas and own suggestions. But if it is not confirmed um, by uh, clinical data, then it, it, it may not have a validity. That's right. I want to dive right into a very specific topic, um, um, intestinal permeability and exactly what that is. And maybe you can, um, can we call that, generally speaking, leaky gut, a problem with like leaky gut? Yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and the relationship to autoimmune disease since a good portion of our immune system is right past the border of our intestine. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the, the link between these two topics. And there's a lot, a lot of questions I have. I just want to, maybe you can give a little introduction and then what occurs uh, when you have that break in that, that's those little junctions. Mm -hmm. um, so the intestinal permeability is a, is a membrane related phenomenon. There are membranes all around uh, within the body that are connecting and separating uh, spaces within the body. And there are also others that are separating us from outside the body. And the intestinal membrane is, is one of those membranes. And actually, it is one of the most important ones because that is the primary barrier between the content of our gut. So um, actually, the foods that we are eating and, and the rest of the body. So that, that is a primary location and, 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 and a lot of things are determined here. If we are eating certain food items that we are not supposed to eat, then uh, a leaky gut and in, increased intestinal permeability will develop. Mm. And if it is already there, then there are certain food items that may be the same or maybe different from the ones that um, actually resulted in the leaky gut. But these food items uh, can 
uh, go across uh, the barrier and uh, they may get into the circulation. And then if uh, this has occurred, they may form certain complex with surface molecules of certain cells within our bodies. And if such a, a complex is created, uh, the immune system may start attacking that complex because the immune system um, uh, regards this complex as, 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 a, as, as a foreign um, molecule. There, there's a certain part of your immune system that is actively trying to suppress autoimmune reactions, right? There's a, it's a T cell that's um, trying to prevent that. I think the T helper cells, aren't they? Uh, and somehow, I know, for example, in like uh, psoriasis, there's a higher amounts of, I guess it'd be like TH17, giving you these cytokines and this cascade of inflammation. And now you're, you're in a situation where your own tissue is attacking cells of the skin. Yeah, so the, 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 the thing is that uh, so far you keep eating those bad food items, the whole um, process will be going on. So, and, and there is no other cure for this than uh, eliminating certain food items from your diet. And then the whole process can attenuate. And um, I, I'm not a scientist at the molecular level. I, I cannot tell you whether it is uh, T helper cells mm. or not, or to what extent are, are these are in, involved or not. And I guess nobody else can really tell this uh, because nobody looked at uh, specifically a certain dietary um, context. Mm -hmm. So that there may be a very different situation if you are eating a high carb diet and another one if you are fasting or doing a low carb diet. So it is the diet itself that, that matters. And you, you do not have to think about T herpes cells or you do not have to no. be an immunologist, PhD or whatever. Right. The, um, the interesting... The only point I brought that up is because there is one nutrient that tends to suppress that reaction, which is vitamin D. Again, we come back to vitamin D, which is interesting because it tends to modulate inflammation in your body. Um, question I have, as far as the, you have a very specific um, uh, diet or uh, eating plan, which is very beneficial to people with autoimmune. And it's, um, it's not carnivore, but it's a kind of a paleolithic uh, version of keto. Um, explain that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, sorry, just going back to the vitamin D point. Um, yeah. the, the, the thing is that I don't believe that vitamin D alone is enough to counteract the inflammation process or uh, psoriasis. It, it is the elimination of certain food items that really matters. If you do yes. not eliminate, then, then you can have a, a skyrocketing vitamin D level and, and it will not help. Absolutely. And that's the problem with most people. They, like, they don't change their basic eating. They think a pill or a drug is going to do it, but that that's like um, it's kind of an altered sequence. You have first have to fix the what you put in the body before you even deal with some of these remedies. Mm, yes, 
Okay, so the other question, uh, how, how this diet uh, differs from the classical ketogenic diet? Yes. This is your question? Yes. So um, it, it, it is only the ratio between uh, meat, uh, the, the protein, fat, and um, um, carbohydrate that uh, determines whether you are entering in ketosis or not. It, this is very simple, actually. Mm -hmm. It is very simple to induce ketosis if you eat the right amount and the right ratio of these macronutrients. Um, but um, creating ketosis is not, not enough. It, it is not enough. It, it is enough for something. If you are aim, uh, if you are aiming at uh, losing weight, uh, improving body composition, improving blood sugar, hypertension, uh, then ketosis alone may be enough. <clears throat> but if you have an autoimmune condition or if you have cancer, then ketosis alone will not be enough. Mm -hmm. I am not saying may not, it will not be enough. Right. And, and that's something that, that you have to keep in mind that uh, any ketogenic diet will not be enough if you are struggling with a specific autoimmune disease or cancer. And this is because uh, the composition of your diet also matters, not just the macronutrient composition. Uh, and, and it is only uh, a diet that is based on meat, fat, and organ meats that is effective in, in combating, combating uh, such um, conditions. If you are eating a, a classical version of ketogenic diet, let's put it in this way, that is containing vegetable oils uh, and dairy, which is the case with a with uh, classical a ketogenic diet, or there are other MCT oil based and then the other ones that all uh, are based on unhealthy vegetable oils and dairy. Let me, let me define the classical for those people that don't know. There's a lot of initial research on using what's called a classical ketogenic diet for epilepsy in these children where they're, they're not looking at the, the quality of the the product. Exactly. So, you, so you're doing like this mayonnaise and whipping cream and all these, I consider uh, bad quality foods. And uh, even yeah. though, even though it's uh, low carb, it's going to be a problem. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and here we come back to the intestinal permeability issue because uh, such a diet, the classical ketogenic diet is not able to normalize intestinal permeability. And if you do not normalize intestinal permeability, the whole process will be going on. And, and, and this is not out of theory. What I am saying, uh, we see this being measured in our patients uh, in course of their diseases. Is, is there any, um, like there's two, there's two things going on. You have the elimination of things that irritate and cause inflammation in the gut, but you also have, is there any direct um, healing factor of either certain organ meats or saturated fats on the intestinal lining itself? No, no, these, these are separate things. So, okay. so there are there are certain food items like milk, vegetable oil, grains, nightshades that are creating intestinal permeability, medicines as well, or <clears throat> anti-inflammatory drugs have, have a huge effect. They are creating intestinal permeability, the leaky gut. And if you have the leaky gut and go on eating grains, milk, potato, and so on, 
then that will create inflammation in the body. That will create um, an, an increase in the uh, in the inflammatory factors. So the the re uh, the inflammation is is the end result. And you cannot interfere with vitamin D. You can only interfere with elimination. So when you when you switch your diet to what you're doing right now, um, you're you're eliminating the um, the irritation, the stimulation of this this inflammatory process. We are eliminating those factors uh, that maintain the leaky gut. And, and as it, a result, there will be a decrease in the inflammation and the symptoms and eventually curing disease. Love it. And so can you give uh, my viewers an idea of like um, examples of types of foods? Um, because you're going to be doing, you're not going to be doing low fat protein. You want to do high, higher fat proteins. What would be some examples of that? So, um, speaking of um, cancer, not, not, not um, you know, not this is not aimed at your general audience, maybe, mm -hmm. but specifically those who have an already existing disease, have undergone chemotherapy, radiotherapy. So, so the possibilities for them are very narrow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, for these people. Um, Th th there is a core diet, uh, which only includes meat, fats, and organ meats. Also autoimmune patients, right? Also autoimmune yeah. patients, yes. Okay. So, so they, they do not really have another choice. Uh, yeah. We would love to uh, pleasing patients, saying them that you can introduce this and that, and um, but it wouldn't um, be in the, in the interest of the patient. Because it, what know, such patients needs is to restore normal intestinal barrier because they do not yeah. have time to lose. They, they have to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. And once that's done, then and uh, reach their, I used to say, they, they baseline. They, they own has baseline. And condition has stabilized, they are without medications, symptoms, and so on. They can, they can think about or we can consider allowing for introducing um, certain food items. But this shouldn't be grains, uh, this shouldn't be nitrates, and a lot of things mm -hmm. shouldn't be. And what, um, like you would probably find uh, some higher quality grass-fed, maybe fatty sausage or liver or um, other foods that are higher in obviously fat because it's it's actually i find it's really hard in in the u.s to find fatty protein nowadays at the store it's like you have to go out of your way to because everything is so lean and um yeah you, you know this is a, absolutely a cultural thing this is not a problem in europe mm. you know we we grown up eating crazy bread which is obviously not the best uh, combination of foods, <laughs> but, but fat was uh, incorporated heavily in our diet. This is not the case in America because yeah. fear has been feared for so long time that you didn't even came across. Um, and so th 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 this is a, this is a cultural thing. I think we, we have a lot of uh, good food items, sausages that are already containing meat fat in a good ratio. 
and uh, or bloody sausage or, or, or many other traditional uh, food items. And, and most of these food items are, are coming from, from pig, pork, um, which in here in Central Europe is, is, is more widespread uh, than the beef actually. Interesting. It is, also, it is also high higher quality than it is the pork is in the U.S. I can imagine. Yeah, because yeah, I uh, I actually consume a lot of pork, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, that pork is is dirty." Well, I don't I don't buy it from the grocery store. I do the farmers markets where people that I know they they um, they don't feed them certain things. But pork is higher in fat. It's higher in nutrients. Actually, B one. Um, I feel better on pork, especially pork sausage. What um, what about the fish and seafood? Um, so the, the, the diet, the PKD core diet is based on um, meat, fat, and organ meats from four-legged animals. Okay. Specifically because it is more complete in nutrients as compared to the fish or any fish or seafood. So there are certain food uh, there are certain minerals that uh, fish is very rich in, but uh, meat, fat, and organs are containing the entirety of the nutrients, and at the same time, not um, usually not as polluted um, as the fish or the or the seafood. Fascinating. And and uh, what um, um, when you take your clients, you probably have people coming in flying in from around the world probably and when they, when you see them um they have all sorts of autoimmune issues and um what um what are some of the barriers that you run into i mean this is a, probably a drastic change for a lot of people are, are, but i'm sure that they're motivated and they're they're like hey listen just tell me what to do and i'll do it versus the typical person that is you know not very motivated Yes, they are, they are more motivated than, than average patients. So they are already familiar uh, of the concept. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and many are coming from the carnivore society. So they are already not eating a lot of food items. Um, it is only the, 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 the ratio and the food amount that, that should be fine-tuned and um, cutting out a few other <laughs> additional stuff that, that may not be that may, may not allow for a perfect recovery. But so, we are in content mostly online, specifically in these times. Oh, good. How would you differentiate carnivore versus what you're recommending, which is um, paleo-ketogenic? So the, the carnivore diet, um, in most cases, not resulting uh, in ketosis. So those who are following um, and undefined uh, carnivore diet um, are still running uh, their body on carbohydrates instead of fats, despite not eating carbohydrates. Tell me about um, that. What, explain that. Yeah, so um, an average people on a carnivore diet is eating 800 to 800 grams to 1.5 kilograms of meat or something like that, which is a huge amount that uh, put a lot of pressure on your digestive system because the volume is, is, is too much. Um, you are not in ketosis, you are uh, still producing glucose from the protein that you eat. 
um, and overall it is it is an ineffective way of obtaining energy. So I want to I want to, cl- I want to clarify just for my um, viewers that <laughs> even though there's no carbohydrates in protein, um, if you have excessive amounts, the body's going to take a good portion of that and break it down into glucose. Yes, because there is no other way to obtain energy. You can have right. energy either from carbohydrates or the fat. Uh, right. The protein is not good for energy. And right. You need, need the energy. What you eat is basically for uh, covering your energy needs. And it, it is also um, a very small amount of meat that you have to eat to cover the protein need. Okay, so um, so that's a big difference. You have um, it's way too much protein, and then let's. I'll just let you continue. We're going to mention something about the fat. Um, sorry, I didn't get your question. Oh, uh, I, I cut you off right in the middle. You were talking about um, the difference between carnivore and um, what you're recommending. Um, so, so the, the difference is that uh, if you are following a carnivore diet you are still running your body on glucose, despite the fact that you are not eating carbohydrates at all. Right. So it, it is not resulting in ketosis. You will not benefit, um, you, you will not have the benefits that are coming from the ketosis alone. You will have the benefits of not eating plant uh, food items, but that's only uh, that, that's only half of your benefits. You also need to be in ketosis, because if not, uh, this 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 state is not sustainable uh, in the long run. And this is what uh, is happening with with patients. Initially, uh, they they feel relieved from from their symptoms, and uh, they start uh, enjoying having more energy, or uh, skin symptoms going away. So, so there are certain benefits uh, for sure. Uh, but as time is going on, um, the, the negative consequences will prevail over the positive ones. You, you, they will be running out of energy. Uh, they will be fatigued. Uh, they will have digestive issues, uh, diarrhea. Um, uh, dry skin, and, and, and there are many more that develop over a longer period of time. Interesting. So so bringing down the protein to what, what do you normally recommend as actual protein? Um, so um, we, we used to do um, a two-week follow-up for patients because there is no, there is no one general suggestion mm-hmm. that it is much less than people used to eat. Okay. And then and then we are in a closed loop with patients on a day-by-day feedback. They are doing home measurements. They are sending their home measurements every day. And then we are giving a suggestion day-by-day. You should be decreasing. You should be increasing. So, so this is a matter of fine-tuning. I and like that. By the end of the two weeks, um, they, will, uh, they will end up having... Um, ideally, good amount of food and good ratio. And then as far as the fat, you have to raise the fat or else, uh, what else are you going to raise? So um, what's the ratio maybe of protein to fat? 
So uh, speaking of dry matter content, it is two to one, two for the fat, one for the protein. And that's weight, that's not calories. This is dry matter content. Okay. Macronutrients. If we translate it uh, to food, that is about 100 grams of meat, an average meat, that goes along with 35 grams of added fat. So this is the basic ratio. Because when you're eating uh, protein or, or animal meat in its normal form, does it come with the ratio of that much fat or do you have to add fat? You have to add fat. Right. So you can't exactly. just you can't just go on what nature is providing because we actually have to put your body into a different... But nature is also providing fat. It is just not entrenched in some cultures. You know, Got it. Interesting. You do not see just because you do not see fat itself uh, at the butcher, it doesn't mean that nature is not providing the fat. You know. Right, and we're not talking about avocados, even no. coconut oil. We're talking about like tallo, and um, what about ghee? Ghee is a, a form of dairy that is uh, containing milk proteins that is triggering autoimmune processes. Even when you clarify it and get rid of the solid materials? Yes, but because you cannot um, get rid of all the molecules. Okay, you know? okay. You cannot have a laboratory. <laughs> right. It is simply technically not possible. So you have to go with, with tallow, um, or in, in, in Hungary you can do smoked slab, which is, which is the actual uh, fat, coming from the actual fat tissue of the pork. Ah. And there are a few others. You know, also you have something like bacon, but the problem with bacon is when you fry it, like all the fat goes away. Yes, but so you, you, have... you have to eat, the fat get, goes away. <laughs> right, right. And so for those people who are listening and that are confused because it may conflict with some other videos that I've done, um, we're talking about people that are addressing that have intestinal damage, autoimmune, other conditions um, that are going to react with this. But so that, I just want to clarify that. Um, so can you give us a couple more examples on um, like, let's say organ meats, um, would that have enough fat or like maybe a pate, right? What? Pate, which is a, mm -hmm. kind of a... Yeah, a if you prepare uh, based on your own recipe, then it can contain enough fat, of course. Yeah. So, so the fat is uh, predominantly coming from the visceral fat of the animal. And, and for example, beef is not containing enough fat if 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 take the whole animal, specifically those breeds um, that are um, designed to be lean, that's for sure. So so you have to specifically go for the uh, for the fat that is cut of the of the meat that is sold um, for for other clients. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, let's say someone has autoimmune. There's a I know there is a test that's called, I guess, PEG, P-E-G 400, which um, yes. is a lab test that you you drink something, it gets filtered out through the kidneys or the intestines and the kidneys, I guess, and you can pick up some data. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. 
Actually, um, th this is this is a this is an old test. You can you can find the references uh, in in the literature back to 1970s, 80s, 90s. So it has been used in in in, in the medical world, or at least somewhere in the medical world. Uh, but um, uh, later on, they they forgot about it, uh, mm. mainly because they didn't have a solution. So anybody they measured had a high intestinal permeability and they asked themselves, what can we do? We can do anything about it. So let's stop measuring it. So actually the methodology was, was, was given. Um, and uh, we, we started uh, using the test. There is a laboratory in London. The, the laboratory is called BioLab. And uh, we, we first, um, collaborated with this laboratory, we sent measurements um, to them or, or the samples, but then uh, we, we started doing our own, uh, own measurements. And in order to do so, we have, we have furthered um, the methodology behind it. Um, a critical point uh, of the measurement is uh, clarifying the sample. And, 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 and this, is a, this is a very critical point, a critical methodological point. So we, we have been working a lot at, at this point, but now the, the methodology is fathered and it, it is working very well. So patients um, can, can actually buy, they can, can purchase this test even from the US. They do not even have to come to Hungary or anywhere else. Uh, they are getting uh, the test material that is containing the peg in, in a small container. They have to drink uh, the small container and then they have to collect the urine across six hours. Mm. And then a small uh, sample should be sent back to, to our laboratory and then we do the measurement. And, and, the, and the recovery of the peg in the urine, uh, the percentage of the recovery will show uh, the extent of the intestinal permeability. So basically you have these um, compounds that are um, going through the body. And if there's a hole through your intestine, you're going to have more of them on the other side versus less. And you could be able to get feedback on what's happening in your gut. Yeah. So, so normally there, there should be no uh, bad molecules going through the mm -hmm. intestine or at least very minimal. And if, if, there is, if there are PEG molecules uh, crossing the, the barrier, getting into the circulation, being excreted in the urine, it, it means that there is a permeability. And it is not only about having a permeability or not having a permeability, it is 11 different uh, size of PEG molecules uh, that is to be found in the solution. So it, 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 it is giving you um, um, a resolution across the molecular sizes. So okay. at the end, we, we, have a, we have a certain um, curve or, or, or pattern of the recovery percentages for each of the specific molecular ranges. That Got is it. carrying information. And so far, uh, the curve is higher than uh, the range that is regarded as normal. It is, it, 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 it is uh, regarded as the patient having high intestinal permeability. And it is expected that uh, with following the PKD, 
the intestinal permeability curve goes back to the normal range or actually mm. closer to the low end of the normal range. If it is not happening, then that is, there's still something that is preventing this. And, and, and this is where the, the small details may, may matter because there are small food items or even medicines or even certain supplements that can hinder the normalization of the intestinal permeability. Fascinating. I, I recently looked, bought, and I'm looking through and studying a, a book that is talking about vaccine-induced autoimmunity. Um, what's your quick summary on the people getting a vaccine and all of a sudden ending up with a autoimmune condition? Uh, yes, that, that, that's, a, that's a big topic. And uh, I, I do think that uh, there is definitely uh, a connection mm -hmm. because uh, by uh, injecting the vaccine right into the body, you are bypassing um, this actual intestinal barrier. Uh, in the same way as having very high intestinal permeability, uh, but but this material is, is 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 getting into your body, into your tissues, and if it is already there, and um, th that can provoke autoimmunity, and and this is this is something that is frequently uh, the case uh, with a sudden onset type one diabetes in children or sudden onset Crohn's disease epilepsy or, or many other um, brain conditions and the importance is underestimated having yes. by the medical community but, but this is happening yes there's certain um i this book was written in india so it hasn't reached america uh but uh um the other other question is um you have vegetable oils like the soy oil, the corn oil, the canola, the cottonseed oil that is permeated through our entire food chain and which is highly inflammatory because it's omega-6, not to mention the quality and it, it oxidizes and it creates a lot of inflammation. Uh, do you think that's a pretty big factor? Um, it it uh, may be that it is not um, the fatty acid um, specifically or the fat specifically, uh, but other components that are coming from that specific plant. Could it be the glyphosate and the GMO or, or other uh, factors? No, because that, that is an additive. Uh, I, I'm thinking of um, the, the lectin uh, content of the plants. Uh, okay. So any, any plant is containing thousands and ten thousands of different lectins, and some of some of them are are more dangerous, uh, are more uh, um, more dangerous uh, for the intestinal barrier than others. Like the soil, soy is a one. Uh, that is heavily triggering intestinal permeability. And there are others, for example, that are coming from the carrot, which, which are not that dangerous or do not have okay. such a big effect. But okay. it, is, it is the lectin um, component or, or the ones that are coming from the nightshades that are really uh, bad for okay. conditions. Interesting. Um, what about... Um, there's a, a patient that I know a while ago that had, um, they didn't have any necessarily 
problems with autoimmune, but all of a sudden they did a colon cleanse and they wiped out everything in their gut for about, I think, seven days. And they ended up with psoriasis. Um, so I guess there's certain factors in your, your microbes that actually protect you. When you lose those, it can create an imbalance. Um, so actually, the, these cleans are, are, are not too healthy, I have to tell you. Uh, they, they are using uh, these um, vegetable or fruit-based juices. Oh, right. And, and, um, and while they are doing this, they are not uh, eating the, the right foods. So the combination is what is resulting in a deterioration of the condition. Um, and also, if you have an already existing disease, it is very likely that you have certain nutrient deficiencies. If you start doing fasting or juicing, which is something very similar, then your nutrients will be further uh, depleted and, and you may end up in a, in a condition that is worse than the original ones. Well, wow. Wow, this has been... Uh, so Go ahead. <laughs> No, really, there is no no need for overcomplicating things. You just have to follow the right diet, and then you do not have to take away anything. You you shouldn't add anything. Once you are back to the diet that is right uh, designed for you, then that that is the way to go. And and people are obsessed with, with different uh, you know techniques and. Um, um, approaches that, that sound good at the level of the words, um, but that in, in reality, they, they usually do not work. I totally agree. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, giving me this valuable data and giving everyone else this very amazing new viewpoint. I think um, what I'm going to do is I want to put some links down below of your, your website and um, how people can get a hold of you. And as well as maybe I'll even put a link down for that test so people can get more information about that test as well. I will um, send it to you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Hey guys, I just want to let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So if you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.